Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 73. We're coming on a Friday night. Um, we had to delay a little bit because uh, you had some interesting work stuff going on, right? Yeah, one of the uh, right, the graduate students in our lab defended his thesis, so he is officially a doctor. So when that happens, the whole lab gets drunk. So he uh, he retained his title as uh, <laughs> they came after his thesis, right? Yeah, exactly. He had to and defend he fought the them all. He had to defend the thesis. <laughs> It, it was a money in the bank match, and he uh, he got up there. And... <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing to see a bunch of like just old ass white men try to like fight each other for a briefcase <laughs> at the top of the ladder? <laughs> or is that what we're is gonna this... get next month? <laughs> it's... Uh, uh... Oh man! Uh... No, actually, I'm excited to sell for money in the bank, but uh, we got oh, yeah. backlash before that. Yeah, and well, it's gonna be interesting that money in the bank is going to be uh, it's a SmackDown pay per view, right? Yes, sir, Bob. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting if that only SmackDown gets the money in the bank uh, storyline. Honestly, it's like money, ba- money in the Bank has become such a big pay-per-view. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just decide to make it a cross-brand pay-per-view. Right? I Because I equivalent, like, it's pretty equivalent to, like, the big four. Mm-hmm. And, like, like the Money I, in the I Bank count... is such a big opportunity, I think it would be kind of weird to not give it to some of the Raw guys, too. And mm-hmm. I think it would make that match feel even more exclusive. Like, yeah, and to give you an idea of, like, how much I like Money in the Bank, like, if, say, like, a backlash was coming to Philadelphia, I would be hesitant to buy a ticket. I would just be like, is it going to be worth it? Things like that. Yeah. Uh, is it, I would wait to see the card, and then I would go buy the ticket. But if Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, or Money in the Bank like come to Philadelphia, like any of those big ones, I'm mm-hmm. going no matter what. Like, Honestly, at the last for the last couple of years, I would probably buy Money in the Bank over Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, outside well, of to the give you an example, point, that one was to such give a you an example. Done, I just but... uh, my friends and I like either I think the ticket prices or something like something came up where we we all couldn't go to a, a Royal Rumble. Oh, Slam was in Philadelphia, and it was like mm-hmm. that was either the was that the year that Reigns won? I can't remember now. In Philly, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Reigns won in Philly. Yeah, and it was one of the bad ones, and so we were all sitting at home going, "Well, glad we didn't waste that like hundred or so dollars, <laughs> whatever we would spend on a ticket." Like, <laughs> right. And you know what? To be honest, too, the more that I think about it, I think winning the Money the Bank is actually a lot more impressive than winning the Royal Rumble. I guess maybe it depends, because if you're one of the guys that starts in the Royal Rumble and you win, that's hella impressive. Oh, yeah. But there's, like, a bunch of fucking guys who have just come in at number 30, and 
Yeah, and then plus, like, the only thing you have to do is just throw, like, throw at least one guy over the top rope. Like, with the money in the bank, you have to beat enough people down with ladders and shit like that to be able to climb the fuck up while your ass is beaten down. Oh, yeah. And grab a title belt. Like, I think that's a lot more impressive visually, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, to, well, and it's, it, yeah. money in the bank offers the performers definitely more canvas to paint on, so to speak. Like, right. they, they have more room to really get experimental with the ladders and do different spots. Like, the Royal Rumble, you're kind of confined. Like, Kofi Kingston's been the only one that's been able to, like, go out of the normal box, so to speak. Yeah, and that was because he uh, picked up on Jomo's gimmick <laughs> in the Rumble. Because he just, he just, the, he started doing that the year after Jomo left. Yeah. Because, yeah, didn't, Morrison did something crazy. Uh, dude, he did, I I still think, the most crazy of them all. He jumped from the ring to the ring barricade, climbed and on top of the ring barricade, it. walked along it, jumped back onto the stairs, kicked William Regal in the head, and then got back into the ring into the match. Right. Like, pff, wow. Oh, great transition there, though. Jomo, we have to watch his new movie and review it. I have to watch Boone the Bounty Hunter. It's going to happen. Uh, if anyone hasn't listened to it, Morrison's been making his rounds. He was on Eric Bischoff's podcast, Stone Cold's podcast, Cole Cabana's podcast. Uh, I think that's it. I can't think of any others. But at least those three that I listened to over the past week. And he's great every time. Like He offers a little more insight uh, into something each time. It wasn't like listening to the same interview. So, yeah, it was really cool. I'll have to check some of those out. Because I've, I've seen yeah. a little bit or maybe a couple highlights, but I haven't checked them out in depth. Yeah. Uh, I would I would suggest Cabana and Austin over Bischoff, if you uh, if you want to mm-hmm. try like certain ones. Bischoff's I, is still I, I'd really... I'd probably gravitate to those over Bischoff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bischoff and him just have a really interesting uh, back and forth about the uh, Johnny Nitro character. That's true, yeah. They have that history. So yeah. That would make it a little interesting. But, uh, all right, so should we get into Backlash a little bit and in, in the uh, week of events leading up to it? Sure. You know what? So, all right, let, let's get into one of the other big news events from this week because I was astounded you hadn't heard about this. Yeah. Um, so for, for any of you who have also not heard, there's a wrestling promotion in Europe called Five Star Wrestling, and they have just publicly announced this deal that they've been trying to throw CM Punk's way for it sounds like quite a while, like at least months or something like that from the connotation. Uh, they are offering CM Punk $1 million to compete in their 128-man tournament that's supposed to take place over about a six-month period. What do you think of that news? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's definitely a publicity stunt by the promotion because $1 million for six months of work for a wrestler, especially a wrestler like Punk, is kind of low ball on it. Yeah, and, and like even part of their whole public statement is they they reassure you that the the offer is legit and the money is legit. So, question one to you: uh, How legit is this money? <laughs> well, it's think it, it, it. I just pulled it up here in a in an article. It's seven hundred and seventy thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Or euros. I'm sorry, euros, not pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, conversion rate that'd be a million dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know how legit this is because I've never heard of this promotion. Yeah, had you? It, no, but then again, I'm not. You know, I don't know about every fucking indie promotion in the world. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure saying every, but like we've heard of like we. But we've especially heard about Europe, I know cul- less. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, like we've heard what culture we've heard of progress. Uh, insane championship wrestling, like yeah, those like are the Rev ones. Pro. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like any Rev Pro, yeah, great. Uh, any of those, I would, if they came out and said that, I would be like, oh yeah, I could see them doing that. But this one, yeah, although because it's like, I don't know, I, <laughs> well, outside of that speculation, because any speculation on my part on that would just be useless because I don't know enough about this fucking company. So oh, exactly. Let's just, let's, I'm just... For for interest's sake, let's assume that the money is real. Okay. And they actually have this money, and they would pay it to him. Not like, you know, we're trying to get it, and we want to pay it to you, but we, you know, we don't have it. But, like, let's assume they completely have it, and they would <laughs> pay it If you come, we will get enough people to come, and then we can pay you a million dollars. Right. Like, let's just assume they straight up have the money. This is some rich guy who has a vanity project and wants to do something in the Indies in Europe. And he's like, let's get CM Punk. He's the guy. And so they would give it to him. Do you think, as CM Punk... One, would he take it? And then two, should he take it? Uh, would he? No, I don't think so. He yeah, seems I agree. I definitely pretty steadfast <laughs> in that UFC is his new job. And, uh, well, sorry, was that? And then should he, should in your opinion? It. Yeah, actually, I think he should. Uh, because I don't know how much more money he's going to be able to make at the UFC. Yeah, that's true, because uh, it seemed like they were kind of up in the air about whether he was even going to be able to do UFC at all after his, well, at least, like, within, you know, that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, like, that's what, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but, like, if you're in on the UFC's payroll, you're not getting paid all year round. You literally just get those lump sums when you fight. Right, but, I mean, CM Punk is, like, I think he's a smart enough guy, and he's grown up poor enough that he's not blowing through his money. Like, he, he knows how to... Oh yeah, that. absolutely. But, but like with the million dollars, I mean that's a really fucking nice payday. And as far as like a for my argument is why I think he totally should do it is just to fucking like stick it to WWE. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, because WWE could give them him more money than that easily, and he would be able to make them more money than that. But if he were to just say it's like you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do one last thing in wrestling, and it's gonna be like this big tournament. Like I, I think he would you know obviously have to go in and. You know, figure out what he would do with it, but just to say that it's going to be something other than WWE. Yeah, I don't know. No, I completely agree. And because I mean, I think if it were done right, it'd be kind of one of those really cool things where, like, maybe he could put over a couple of really big guys in the independent circuit or something. Yeah, like if this promotion has a couple of the guys that they're like, we know they're going to be our stall worst. Like, we know that they're going to do well. And right and then can... yeah go ahead <laughs> no it, they, it pretty much like he could be the one that puts them into the the main event spot right kind of like launched him into the stratosphere because it's like he's like a legend from the independent scene like an earlier generation and you know there's a lot of these younger guys who've definitely never fought him at all you know so it could be i think it'd be a really cool opportunity oh yeah and i think it just it, it would make me a lot happier to know that, like, that would be the last note of his pro wrestling career instead of it being that the very last thing was him being disgruntled and angry because WWE is a bunch of assholes. Like, And then he lost in a UFC fight, and then that was it. 
Right, like, that just seems like such an unsatisfying end to his wrestling and fighting career. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, fuck, I, I don't even care about the other fighting part of it, because it's like, that's yeah. whatever, that's his own thing. Yeah. And I'm just not into UFC, but, like, with WWE and wrestling, it's just like, fuck, CM Punk is such a good wrestler. Like, I think he is definitely within my, in, within my top five of all time. And to have the very end of it be that, you know, it was after that fucking Royal Rumble, and he was, like, gonna go into, what, feuding with Triple H, I think, at WrestleMania? Yes. And then he just fucking quits. It's like, that. that is such an unsatisfying end to a, a crazy good career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, what would be interesting is mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan said, I believe it was last week or maybe two weeks ago at this point, that he gave the exact, like, date that his contract is done. Ooh. Uh, and it said, that? like, uh, I think it's a year and a half from now about. Oh shit! Uh, and he said that like he will wrestle again at that point. Well, he, I think his <laughs> his wording was Bree and I will sit down and evaluate my health, and if we both feel that I'm healthy enough, I'll go wrestle. Meaning it would have to be oh somewhere else because WWE is not going to do it. Can you fucking imagine that? Like, just imagine now in a year and a half, Punk and Brian on like a Ring of Honor pay per view. <laughs> All right, let's let's not let's not assume two miracles here. Let's yeah, uh, taking Punk out. <laughs> If if Daniel Bryan in a year and a half goes out into the independence to wrestle, uh, who would be your dream opponent if say he gets only one match? Kenny Omega. That was gonna be my fucking pick too. <laughs> well, great minds think alike, I guess. Yeah. Uh number two came close. Oh, two is tough. I'm split between like Cody Rhodes or Jay Lethal. Ooh, yeah, those are both pretty fucking good options. I mean, there's just so many. I could oh. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna cheat just a little bit because he still kind of does some independent dates. I would, I would pick Pete Dunne as another oh, option. Oh, yeah. Because he still, yeah, they do a little bit of those British indies. So, yeah. Well, depending on his future, Adam Cole. Yeah, that would be a good one. Well. We'll see what happens in a year and a half. Because, you know what, who knows? WWE might see how serious he is with that and be like, alright, fuck. You can wrestle. <laughs> because they just don't want... Because he would be able to bring a lot of money Oh yeah, to another wrestling promotion. So <laughs> They have him go out with like a foam helmet on. Like, alright, you can wrestle. You just have to wear this. <laughs> you have to wear the fucking like, amateur wrestling helmet? Yeah. <laughs> Or are you talking like a big football style helmet? Either one, just whatever protects his head from concussions. Oh my! All right, so if if he had to wear a big dumb helmet, the only way I'd be okay with it is if he could have like on the side of it written like the Dazzler. <laughs> Do you remember when he wanted that to be his nickname? Yes. <laughs> and have like a, a comet of like maybe some like red, pink stars or something. <laughs> oh, Although maybe, maybe that would be getting too close to the uh, new. Patrick Clark Velveteen Dream gimmick. Oh god damn it! <laughs> Are you not excited for the uh, the Prince gimmick? Yeah, let's just like stomp on Prince's freshly dug grave and just piss all over it while we're at it. <laughs> so uh, you think it's it's disrespectful to Prince? I just think it's I don't think it's going to be a good gimmick, and so I think that's why it's disrespectful to Prince. I don't think them doing it is a bad thing. I just think how it's being done 
breakdown. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you just you're not having faith in what the gimmick will be, and yes, uh, yeah, based on their track record of <laughs> these types of gimmicks, uh, I think your your bet is pretty safe. Although you know what, I guess as the most recent example of somebody that they try to give this type of gimmick to, with No Way Jose, he does he's done pretty well with it. Yeah, so he, he had a good run there. Uh, yeah, he, and then he's gimmicks he's like the that. exception. <laughs> The fashion police gimmick has done above and beyond than what I expected it oh to do. So, gosh. yes, can we talk about the fashion police? Of course we can. Oh my god, dude! The fashion files keep getting fucking better. Like I, I am so happy with how much they fleshed out this gimmick and how entertaining it is, even within just like this month of build. Uh huh. Like they, like they were straight up nothing for so long because they were just giving them no TV time, no match time. And now they've finally given these guys a chance. Like, even if they don't give them the belts, like, just as long as they're a regular part of the tag division and SmackDown, like, that's what they need to be. And it's great. Oh, and, like, I would love to know, like, who's coming up with, is it, like, the two of them, or if there's one writer that they're working with, to just come up with... I think it is them. I I wouldn't put it past it. That's why I threw that out there. Um, Or if there's just, like, a writer that they're working with, that that's helping him out with it of just all the little details too like the the shinsuke nakamura picture in the background and says like fashion faux pas on it or something like that it just oh uh-huh. it kills me like i i die every time yeah it it feels very reminiscent and i think it feels very reminiscent of the southpaw regional wrestling characters and that's oh, yeah. kind of why i assume it's mostly them and yeah maybe like one writer or maybe two that kind of oversee it but they it feels definitely... very much like they're doing their own thing like all of Southpaw regional wrestling was fantastic, uh, and so they, but they were two of the standouts definitely. Of like, I laughed really hard at, at both of their things. Yeah, oh, dude, all right. So my favorite fucking line from all of WWE comes from, or like, so this week comes from their fucking fashion file segment when they were talking about the day one ish yeah thing, and they're trying to decipher, it and they're like, day one is H. What does that mean? <laughs> and it's like, oh well, you know, whatever. On Sunday we'll defeat them. Yes. And then and our the day one will be H. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking lost it, dude. It was so stupid and goofy, but I love it. Oh, it was fantastic. I love the Fashion Police, man. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to get the titles, but uh, it doesn't matter. I think they've already risen. They've already increased their stock a lot this month, and they can keep going up even in a, in a close loss, I think. I mean, I wouldn't. Be totally surprised if they won the titles, though. Hmm. All right, we'll have to get into that on our predictions. Yeah. But uh, all right, let's see. What else? What else was coming from this week that stood out to you? Uh, them making Jinder look so strong. Hudson SmackDown. Yeah. I agree. I think they're doing an okay job with him on SmackDown. But um, have you seen Talking Smack this week? No, I did not catch that this week. Okay, for the I think that was a good decision because it was pretty bad for the most part. Um, <laughs> was it another pre-taped one or? Uh, I'm not really sure. Well, like so, last week uh, was when they were in Britain, right? Right. And so uh, they did like it was JBL and Renee at the desk, and they kept cutting to. Backstage oh, oh, oh. interviews. It wasn't that style this time. Oh, they, they, they actually back didn't to... have the people come. Yeah. Okay. So, the... yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it's very weird. So this is 
I think the second or third time they've had Jinder Mahal on now that he's had the new gimmick and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's really fucking weird because he's portrayed completely differently on Talking Smack than he is on SmackDown. Really? Because like on SmackDown, you know, he has like those really slow, like angry fucking promos that are xenophobic and you know accusatory of racist and all that sort of shit. Like that's his focus. Yeah, which I love. On Talking Smack, he is like a well, like kind of well mannered, but like slightly rude. Like you, he does. He barely even has an Indian accent. And he's constantly talking about how he's like, oh, yeah, you know, since I've come back to WWE, you know, I'm seizing my opportunity and I'm working really hard. And, you know, then Renee's like, yeah, you know, I've seen that you have been working hard. He's like, yeah, thank you, Renee, for noticing that. You know, I I work really hard in the gym and I've been been eating and out training everybody. He's like, what the fuck is this shit? You make him sound like Ben Stiller from uh, Dodgeball. You know what? That's what he might as well fucking be. (laughs) Like, it is so fucking bizarre. It's like. Is anybody explaining this Two Face shit? Is he supposed to be Finn Balor? Is this their nice guy Jinder Mahal, and then he goes out into the the ring and he becomes Maharaja Psycho Man? Like, what is this? There's just a total disconnect. Yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, and it hurts the character because like this is a segment that could be helping, and if it's really good, because like you remember when the Miz and Daniel Bryan had the really good segments last year, and yeah. then they ended up airing them on SmackDown. Well, guys, if the shit is good. They'll probably air it on SmackDown. So, yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Stop Look how doing good this. Owens came out on Talking Smack when he first showed up on SmackDown. Yeah, because he fucking knows how to act in his character. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know when, whether this is Jinder Mahal just being a dumb shit and not realizing he's supposed to be his character in this, or if somebody's giving him the direction of just, it's like, oh, be like a somewhat reasonable guy, <laughs> you know, on Talking Smack. It's like, oh, you know, okay. All right, I, I guess I'll I just a, be normal and talk normal now. <laughs> I have a feeling it's it's your first suggestion that, like, it's kind of too free reign for him. And so he's just going off in this direction, like, on his yeah. own. Instead of someone being like, hey, stay in your character. But, like, say whatever you want. Right. Because, I mean, that, that does seem to be almost more of the format for Talking Smack, because it seems to be a lot more freeform it and i would assume at least as far as structure maybe it's like giving people just like a bulletin or a general topic and it's like hey go out there and just talk about this uh-huh. so maybe it's not 100 percent free reign but it's like here's your topic go out there and talk with renee and whoever yeah it definitely feels like here's your confines and it's mm-hmm. really wide confines compared to the regular shows and yeah and just stick within your character but you have this little more freedom to play with Um, uh, so what do you what do you got? I was gonna say, as far as like freedom to play, uh, one of the things I really thought was kind of um, interesting as of late that I noticed this week in Raw and actually last week that I totally forgot to mention is I, I like how much they're actually paying attention to the rules and DQs now. Mm, like yeah. last week, Samoa Joe got himself DQ'd by being vicious and just beating the fuck out of Seth Rollins, and then Miz got himself DQ'd by being like, "Hey, don't fucking." <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, he tried to cheat. Let's get out of this match. Disqualify him. And then, yeah, this week, then Dean Ambrose does the low blow thing. After oh, which Miz I tried to do it. What did you think of that? Because I loved it. I liked it too, actually. Like, yeah, because it, it it made sense. Uh huh. I was like, I, I sit there and thought, I was like, how many faces like don't think of doing that? Like in matches, just like, hey, wait, I could just get out of it by just kicking him in the nuts, and he deserves it because he's a heel. 
Right, and and it you know came off of him you know Miz just trying to do it. Yeah. So like it made perfect sense of like oh really you're gonna fucking go there Miz well you fuck you I'm gonna kick you in the balls then like <laughs> like it, and it, it made perfect sense to me exactly and, and now I thought you it was don't actually get... right and I thought it was a good setup for their extreme rules match because it it sets up perfectly uh, Miz's ironic <laughs> asking for a, a match where you know the title can change on a DQ but it plays perfectly into I think the fact that he'll have a dastardly plan to you know, get Dean Ambrose disqualified and steal mm-hmm. the title, you know? Exactly. So, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I know that, I feel like I've heard a couple other people talk about it and they weren't as much of a fan of it, but I thought it, I thought it made sense. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's a, it's a good way for Miz to get the title because if he just like beats people too cleanly, it kind of hurts his gimmick in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> he like has to, cheat to get the titles and do all this sort of shit so it's a good it's a good setup for a way for him to completely cheat and get the title because mm-hmm. i mean I, I feel like there's no way that's not the plan right oh yeah definitely put the ic title back on Miz. oh yeah um but what do you think is the plan with this fucking kendo stick on a pole match because i fucking hate objects on pole matches well first of all who goes down that hard from one kendo stick, kendo stick shot? I don't know. That was. I mean, I like that you know, Alexa was being vicious as fuck. You like she just has a great face for selling it. But yeah, I thought Bailey oversold it. Like Alexa needed should have had to beat her down more. How many times have we seen guys beat each other up with the kendo sticks and just like break the stick because they've hit it like ten times? And so like. When it breaks, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy should be laying there because getting hit ten times with that thing would probably really hurt. <laughs> and or, don't get know, me she wrong. Could have, she could have put her in, like, a submission with it. Yeah. Literally anything else besides that. And then just, oh, <laughs> you got hit once with a kendo stick. We're going to put it on a pole match. Yeah, it's like, why the why can't it just be a kendo stick match? Mm-hmm. Why does that have to be on a fucking pole? This you got to... Climb that mountain to do this match. Is it like is it is it the patriarchy, Joe? Do we need to sneak the pole into the match? Yes. Vince Russo's back guest writing for <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Come on, everyone thought that. Oh man, you know what? Now it, you you figured it out. I was confused, but you figured it out. Yep. They were like, we're putting it on a pole, and I was like, oh god damn it, he's back. Stupid bastards! I would have—I actually would have been really excited about this if it had just been a kendo stick match. I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I, I liked Bailey's little promo with Kurt Angle, where she was like, "No, I don't want a regular match with her. Like, she has been cheating and getting away with shit, and I want to beat her ass." Yeah, like I'm not the—I'm not the little baby that you think I am. Like, I'm gonna show myself. Right. Exactly. She's gonna show herself um, by attack. Although I'm sure she's gonna. Well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to lose. I think Alexa's is going to hold on to that title for a little bit. Alexa's doing a really good job with it, so I'd be surprised if they switched it. Although, I don't know. It's hard to say. We'll see. We'll see as we build towards Extreme Rules. Yeah. Um, but another match we've got going towards Extreme Rules later on, uh, the Fatal Five-Way. I think that's going to be kind of an interesting match. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, the only problem I have with it is a five-way match is really awkward. Mm. Because it, does it start to get like too formulaic? 
Where yeah, it's like two well, guys fighting, one guy knocks out, and then two guys fight. Like that sort yeah, of thing, or what? Well, yeah, especially that way because think about it. You're gonna have to have three guys laid out while you have like a one-on-one match going on, mm-hmm. and then just continue. Like it's a little more understandable if it's a three-way and you have one guy like laid out in the outside because like you can easily do the spot where the other two guys double team that person. So it's like, oh yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. But like. So it's just going to be interesting. Now, don't get me wrong. I think these five are great guys to do it with and will be able to pull it off. Yeah, I think this is a good crowd to yeah. do a five-way match with. So I, I'm interested... That's what I'll say. I'm interested to see how they do it. I am too, and... Uh, I'm going to go, go ahead, ahead and make my early prediction. Uh, I'm going to say Rollins wins it. Wow. I think it's going to be Rollins. What makes you feel that way or sense that? I say that because um, I assume they're they're going to have Strowman fight Lesnar at Grape, or at um, SummerSlam. Yeah, because he'll, he'll, he's going to miss Great Balls of Fire. Right. So whoever is fighting him at Great Balls of Fire is going to lose. So that means it can't be Reigns that wins this match. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I like they're just not going to sacrifice Reigns to Lesnar to then just have Strowman fight. Like I think Reigns is the long term plan. Uh huh. So it can't be Reigns. Uh, it's not going to be Y because he just fucking loses. It's not going to be Joe because he's a heel and he's just you know they haven't shown that they're that behind him yet. So it's between Rollins and Balor, and I think with Balor they have more options right now. Like as far as other people he could feud with with. Rollins, like, if he doesn't go up to Lesnar, then he's going down, and they're still kind of high on him. And Balor's still a little bit like, you know, he's just coming off the injury, so I think they probably want to test him a little bit longer. Um, so I think that's why they're going to give it to Rollins. Because then I he can, can go see up, that. Yeah. He can fight Lesnar, and then he can lose. Yeah. Because that's, that's also, like, it. at this point, Rollins, like, outside of his little feud with Joe, like, it's it's all speed bump for him going towards the title. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. we'll see if I'm wrong, but I'm calling it right now. Rollins wins the five Fatal Five no, fights I, at Great Balls I can of complete, Fire. I can completely see that way. Uh, what did you think of the uh, breakup of Golden Truth? <laughs> well, that that was one of my highlights of Raw, uh, just because I'm really interested to see how they go with the Goldust character now. Wouldn't that be great if they actually give him like a legit little heel run here? He would be a great mid-card heel. Have your mid-carders work with one of the best workers in the company right now. Who would be someone you would have go up against him? <sighs> Who are some of your mid-card babyfaces that are in need of some help? Uh, well, you know, Kalisto's trying to do something. Maybe Kalisto, Kalisto? could have a feud with Goldust or something. Uh, Apollo Crews? Well, Apollo Crews just turned heel, too. And that was yeah. awesome. Kick the shit out of Enzo. <laughs> That was great because I love that the crowd was actually kind of behind that. Like it was. <laughs> yeah, actually, I fucking liked that whole segment. I thought Titus O'Neil did good too. Mm-hmm. Like I think Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews, they have something. Yeah. And I, and I think I think you could do some good segments with like, kind of Titus teaching Apollo the heel side. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Apollo Crews continuing to develop into this really kind of like a cocky, athletic heel. Who you know now has the I don't care about 
you know, pleasing the fans, I'm here to win, and Ooh. I'm just going to come out here and kick some ass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do the Titus brand thing of, like, looking good while doing it. You know, being this smiley guy, and I'll take a selfie over your body doing the stealing Tyler Breeze's gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Those bastards. Stealing Tyler Breeze's gimmick. But yeah, but yeah I, I fucking love to see Goldust. Like, yeah, see, who we saw? We said Kalisto. Who else do they have right now? Who's like a mid card face they have? That's what I'm trying to think of. And it like names Ooh, are escaping. Do you think? Do you think uh, let's see. Ambrose is probably going to go and do something else after dropping the IC title. But if he still had the IC title, that'd be kind of interesting. Like Ambrose versus Goldust, maybe for the IC title. Mm-hmm. Um, mid card baby faces on Raw. I feel like they don't really have a lot, do they? Because who's no, going to be that's... fighting Miz for that Intercontinental title? I heard a fucking rumor that Reigns is going to go after the Intercontinental title, so I don't know how true that is, but... Yeah, there we go. We'll have Roman Reigns confused with gold dust to prepare him for fighting Lesnar around WrestleMania <laughs> season. We can start up like a nine-month feud with gold dust. Gold dust and Roman Reigns. Perfect. Dude, the... I'm looking at a list of the Raw roster right now, and I do not see any really mid-card baby faces. So then I guess somebody else is going to have to like slide down into that role. Maybe maybe like a Finn Balor. Or like break off like, well, I guess he could feud with the team, but like an Enzo and Cass. Ooh, yeah. Maybe there'll be a breakup of the team or... You know what? Okay, so I have to I have to get out my one little fucking dish about the tag team shit this week. How the fuck are Cesaro and Sheamus still losing after their fucking heel <laughs> this, turn? This is gonna be one of my great gripes this week. I'm glad we agree on this. God yeah, damn it! They could beat every team in the division, but just not the Hardys. The Hardys have their number. They beat every single team in a row, but they can't beat old ass Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. Even in singles matches. Even in a singles match. Where they, like, slightly cheated. They still can't win. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, ugh. Ugh. (laughs) I really just want them to kill the Hardys at Extreme Rules. Anything else is unacceptable in my book at this point. (laughs) And make them broken. Yeah, like, just kill them. Completely kill them. (laughs) The dead Hardys. Yeah, I want them to come back as undead minions of Bray Wyatt or something. I don't know. There we go. Bray Wyatt can be the broken one. Broken Bray Wyatt. Because that's not trademarked by anybody else. <laughs> oh my god, dude. How fucking pissed would Matt Hardy be if, <laughs> if they just gave his gimmick to Bray Wyatt and made him his bitch? <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my god. <sighs> Oh my god, are we the biggest heels of all time? For yes, coming we up are. With that yes, idea? yes. And thinking that it would be hilarious. Oh, uh, right. Left Let's all the creative control. And... Oh man, if given all creative control, I think we might be too tempted just to... You know what? I would love to just do Southpaw regional wrestling shit. Like, just <laughs> do whatever we want and it can just be absurd. That'd be great. I would love to have two wrestling promotions. And that's what WWE should just keep doing, is like have Southpaw so that it can have all of Vince's weird ideas and then the good ideas go on actual wrestling TV. You hired Greg Valentine to come over here and put me in an arm bar for 50 hours. 
Exactly. So then we can have Bray Wyatt and uh, the Dead Hardys on Southpaw and uh, do Broken Mad Hardy on regular WWE. Oh my god. And then you can have the crossover on Southpaw, but not on regular WWE. <laughs> That's oh, wait, the catch. Did, wait, wait, wasn't, wasn't the original idea when we were talking about Southpaw, we said uh, they should do the Broken Mad Hardy on Southpaw and then do regular Hardy Boys. Yes, the they should have like split personalities. I think that'd be great. Yep. Um, let's see. I think was there anything else from Raw that was big? Nah, I, I couldn't. So. I can't think of anything else. Um, all right. So then going down to SmackDown really wasn't a whole lot either. It was mostly just kind of wrapping up the build it's, for the pay per view. Yeah, it was so. just the final. They switched up like so. AJ fought Jinder, and then right, Randy Orton fought. Uh, what's his name? Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin. All right, so let's let's get into some predictions then for backlash. So, or um, or should we go through NXT and then go into NXT Chicago and then? Uh, well, let's finish up with backlash right now and then do NXT and NXT Chicago. All right. So for backlash, let's see. The... I got the card here. Uh, so on the pre-show we got Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. I think it's an obvious one. I think Ty's got to yeah. go over. Yeah, that's that's the perfect warm-up <coughs> crowd match. Get them all excited with the tens. Have like a five-minute match. Aiden Maybe cries like eight afterwards. Minutes, something like that. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Aiden Aiden English will cry afterwards. He'll sing beforehand and cry afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. That we know exactly how this will play out, and it'll be fine. It's the nice opener. Uh, Next, we have uh, Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. All right. So, <coughs> before we get into this one, uh, yeah. you didn't see Talking Smack. So, did you see? Anything of Eric Rowan's new gimmick? Isn't it that, like, he talks to the mask or something like that? Yeah, so he, on Talking Smack, he came out with, like, a big, like, Santa Claus-esque uh, sack full of sheep masks that he's painted in different ways. And so he was bringing them out, he was talking to them, and, like, saying that different ones, like, evoke different emotions for him. Like, this one makes him happy, this one makes him sad, all that sort of shit. And <laughs> so he, he put on one of them. That was like a clown mask, and uh, he gave uh, Renee a balloon, and then popped the balloon, and then just started, you know, laughing for a little bit. So he's doing this like weird, demented uh, clown cheap mask, crazy man gimmick, and was explaining that uh, he basically wants to kill Luke Harper for leaving the family. Yeah, and he was calling him uh, Lucas, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Oh uh, wait, but I heard. I th- I, I did hear the uh, about the clip. Didn't he say though that like he's been abandoned before or something like that? Right, right. He was saying that like everybody's always abandoned me in my whole life, so that's why I'm mad that Luke Harper is abandoning the family. Hey, whatever they throw for a reasoning behind this, I give them credit for. Sure, uh, <coughs> yeah, they're trying to turn this into something. Um, I, you know what? I think maybe if because ultimately, I think the best thing to do is put these guys back together, right? Yeah. So maybe have it fucking get unexpectedly hardcore and like go outside of the fucking ring and have like a double count out. Like just no finish. <coughs> like they throw like they throw each other through a fucking table outside the ring somewhere to set up for like maybe a bigger match. And then maybe that could lead to them getting back together again or just like this one setting them up as equals, I don't know. 
Because yeah, no, I think I, it, I completely Eric see Rowan that. just winning out of nowhere would just feel weird, and Luke Harper just winning would sort of feel to me like, well, all right, we already knew that Luke Harper was better. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Warrior? Uh, I don't believe so. So I don't want to hear about spoilers from people because it's been out for like years now. <laughs> but it's about two brothers who enter this MMA tournament separately, and they haven't talked for years. And then they notice that they're in this tournament together. I'm sorry, my throat's like... <coughs> there we go. It's okay, and, I just die on the air. Yeah. <laughs> and so they uh, they end up fighting each other in the tournament. And the whole movie builds up to like why they're not talking. And you finally get all the backstory and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the one brother's... Uh, uh, like has the other brother in a submission hold, and he's uh, he says uh, finally says like I'm sorry for like all the stuff I've done basically, and then like says I love you, and the other brother taps out, and hmm. like it's this big ultimate conclusion of like yeah they had to fight they had to fight out like their problems with each other so to speak. It's a I fantastic see. movie, so I suggest anyone to go out and watch it. It's one of my favorites. So I see hmm. kind of a similar finish here. Like Okay. So maybe whoever's writing this feud needs to go watch Warrior. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's almost a perfect like alignment of things. These these guys are basically brothers, right? Mm-hmm. So to speak, and so they just need to have this big match to fight out their their differences. And yeah. And then they can forgive each other in the end. And like truly forgive, like from the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Shit, you you're fucking sold me on this. I think this should be more than just this one match. This should be like a yeah, no. feud that culminates at SummerSlam or something. Mm-hmm. Of like these guys fucking just going at each other and just keeps getting more and more intense and build up like these reasons why like within the Wyatt family. Because yeah, they're gonna be on SmackDown together for the next like year because Bray Wyatt's not around there, mm-hmm. so it's just them. And you know, yeah, Luke Harper kind of betrayed them, so there you go. You I mean, this it, giant fucking feud, and then finally, it could like I I could see this moment of like, you know, like the boo yeah punches. Yeah, like they just keep punching each other, and then eventually like <laughs> slows down, and then they like are like draped over each other, still kind of trying to punch each other, and then does it like slowly do they do they fall down together, or do they fall into a hug or something? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It? Is that something how you fin- how you envision it? Yeah, something like that. Very much. <laughs> and, I'd, I'd watch that Fuck it. Uh, and another thing this works with the warrior so in warrior their father is an alcoholic mm. and in this their father Bray Wyatt was pretty much a drug addict so yeah he's a fucking crackhead so <coughs> there you go yeah. so this this has the potential to be uh, all sorts of shit so yeah uh, for raw predictions what I think will happen though I, I assume they'll probably just give Luke Harper the win and move yeah. on <laughs> after our amazing book <laughs> yeah there's here's what we think could happen but uh, no oh that was fantastic uh next up we got another match that i don't think anyone cares what happens but it's baron corbin versus Sami Zayn. yeah this one's tough to call because uh you know baron corbin has lost a lot so i think he kind of needs a win but at the same time he does kind of lose a lot so he could just kind of lose again and, um, like, Sami Zayn's kind of playing the same character that he was on Raw, which I can't stand. 
Yeah. So <coughs> honestly, I think this. My guess is Sami Zayn is going to win by a roll up. Like catch Baron Corbin off of like some sort of moment where he gets a little too arrogant and misses a move, get the roll up, and then Sami Zayn escapes and maybe maybe Baron Corbin beats him down a little bit, or that'll happen next week on SmackDown to get his heat back. But I figure both these guys will be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. So I don't think whatever happens in this feud, I don't think truly matters. Right. I think it just because uh, at this point I I feel like Baron Corbin's more so gotten the better of Sami Zayn. Like, yeah. you know, beating him down backstage and stuff like that. So, the backlash, you hear what I did there, uh, uh-huh, would be uh-huh. Sami Zayn stealing the win from him. So What you did there, I see it. <laughs> uh, then we have the six-woman tag match. It's Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky versus the welcoming committee. What do you think they're going to do with this? Uh, this is an interesting one because you have Charlotte, which I did... Uh, so I did not mention this from SmackDown. I did like Charlotte's little, uh, well, it wasn't really a hint. She just said it outright that she's just doing it because she wants to take out the welcoming committee, and then she's mm-hmm. coming after Naomi for the title. Yeah, that was good to maintain focus. Yeah. And continuity, you know. So maybe you have, I think you have to have Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky win then, right? But just have something with Charlotte and Naomi to kind of spin them off. Uh, no, actually, I I think the welcoming committee has to win. Ooh, okay. I think it. I think they have to win because compared to the other three, you know, Naomi, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte, like those three women do not compare. Oh yeah. So I think I think these those three need this win to elevate themselves up to their level, or at least try and get a little closer. So do you think the feud continues, or? I think it. I think the way that this. Uh, envision or the way that I see it going down is that uh, miscommunication between the faces or just like superior heel tactics through the heels will eventually get the heels into an advantageous position where then Charlotte will leave the faces like she'll just walk out of the match because she's like hey look I realize we're gonna lose I'm not getting beat down because I know how this is gonna go afterwards she pieces out Becky Lynch takes the pin and then the welcoming committee beats the shit out of Becky Lynch and Naomi Mm -hmm. With Charlotte, like, up on the ramp, like, already piecing out. Uh, so that then you get the follow-up of, I think at this point, Carmella's gotten, I think, two pins on Naomi. So Carmella would be the girl who gets the first title shot against Naomi. And then Becky Lynch will feud with Charlotte out of, like, anger for, like, hey, what the fuck? You left us in the dust. You've turned on me yet again. <laughs> you turned on me again, you fucking bitch. I'm gonna break off your arm. So then you have Becky Lynch and Charlotte feud. You have Naomi feud with the welcoming committee girls uh, until you eventually can then either set up maybe some Becky Lynch and Naomi or some Charlotte and Naomi farther down the road. Like you tease that match for even farther. Okay. I think, yeah, you because know, you, you could maybe say like SummerSlamish or maybe farther. Maybe. Or, uh, yeah, actually, you know, at this point, I would say even farther. Let Charlotte and Naomi simmer. Maybe even to like Survivor Series ish. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities on that division. Yeah, I I definitely love the SmackDown women roster. Uh, uh, but that that being said, yeah, I think the uh, the welcoming committee is going to take it. But are you sticking with the faces? I'm sticking with the faces as much as I I love the the rabbit hole that you were able to go down. But in, uh, so in your booking, who who gets and takes the pin? Uh, 
I think maybe something where like Naomi does the move and Charlotte like runs in for the pin. Mm, like like steal the tag and then come yeah. in and take the pin. Exactly. I could see that. Just something okay. to to spin those two off. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah. I I didn't think about it as much as you have obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then, but, so then, in your world, then like maybe Becky Lynch would fight the welcoming committee. Yeah, afterwards. probably. Okay. Uh, what's what's the next match on Backlash? Owens versus AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. Um, potential this... early uh, match of the year contender. Probably, I think. Like ninety nine percent sure. I, like this, actually, this card has I think two that I think might get into there because it's like you've got this, and then you've also got Ziggler and Nakamura. But yeah, yeah. So we've got AJ Styles and Owens. Um, I feel like Owens is definitely going to retain here, right? Yeah, but and I want to see it continue though because these two have been like so so good. The feud has been just so good. Really, because I, I feel like the feud hasn't been good. I feel like Owens is still focused on kind of feuding with Jericho. And AJ Styles, to me, this just feels like a placeholder feud. Because AJ Styles, to me, is destined to go after the world title again. So do you think he, this is just intermediate for the two of I them? Think, it's like, yeah, just, I think, hey, you two just hang out together while Jericho tours with Fozzie and until there's an opening for the title shot for AJ. Kind of, yeah. I, mean, I hate to say that, but I kind of think that's in a lot of ways what it is. So do you think this feud continues after this? or? Um, I think it, it might for the time being, just because it, it. I don't know whether they're trying to set up Rusev maybe for the next title shot there with Orton, and they've got money in the bank coming up. So it's hard to say because I honestly would say that if, if AJ Styles isn't in the WWE title match, then he should be in money in the bank, mm-hmm. not in the U.S. title match. So... You know, maybe then, well, you know what, because they might do a thing where then Owens is in Money in the Bank as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell because, and also we discussed the idea of what if they did a cross-brand pay-per-view. So, there's a lot in the air, but I think it's just a kind of placeholder thing. And also, it's it's a nice placeholder because AJ Styles going after the U.S. title makes it feel more important. Oh, yeah. And like we said at the beginning, I think this match is going to be amazing. Yeah, I think from an in-ring perspective, like I'm, I'm absolutely salivating at <laughs> this match. <coughs> so, do you think Owens wins clean, or do you think he's going to have to cheat? Uh, I think he does something dirty. Yeah, because I, I they're kind of telling the story of him going after Styles' knee, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do something where like hits the knee as on the steps or something, and then gets the pit inside the ring or something like that. Hmm. So something yeah. not like completely outright breaking the rules heelish, but enough to be like, ah, oh, you dick. Right, enough to, enough that he's like a fucking total dick. Yeah. Alright, uh, what, what do we have next? <clears throat> the Usos versus Brazango for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I think it would be actually really interesting to see Brazango take it, but I'm pretty sure the Usos will retain here. Yeah, I just, it's an interesting time right now with both Jinder and Brazango, like, the possibility mm-hmm. being in the heads that these guys take the titles. So I give a chance to Brizango, but I think I'm going to settle on Usos. Yeah, I, I think it, 
it should be the Usos. Yeah, they can hold on to it, and um, yeah, I guess either feud with maybe American Alpha will come back up next, or if New Day debuts, then they can go after them. And yeah, Breezango can kind of like continue to develop the Fashion Police gimmick in the mid card and do those entertaining Fashion File segments. Because I would love to see them, like for example, dig into the Colognes and all their fucking history of like the Matadors gimmick. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Just like, um, what the fuck? Huge fashion faux pas. <laughs> oh, and you guys were obsessed with Puerto Rico? Fashion faux pas. <laughs> wearing, like, Hawaiian ass shirts. <laughs> you don't even know your own country. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. And then we, we could get what many argue to be the main event of this pay-per-view of Shinsuke Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler. Alright, so I'm I'm pretty sure this is you know, Shinsuke is just gonna win. But or go ahead. Uh do you think Shinsuke's gonna win here? I think Shinsuke's gonna win, and I think I'm gonna absolutely agree with your butt. But god damn it, Dolph Ziggler should fucking win here. <laughs> I mean, he carried this feud, right? Well, I'm not even gonna say as a reward for carrying the feud. I'm saying as like a they need to invest in heels on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, if Dolph Ziggler were to steal a big win over Nakamura in his debut, that could be some real heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they do need some fucking heels on SmackDown because like that that was kind of the big thing that Raw took. In a lot of ways, is they took a lot of their big heels. Like they took Bray Wyatt away. They took the Miz. Uh, the Miz away. Like <laughs> you're so, right. SmackDown needs to build up their heels. Because who, who are their fucking heels right now? They have Jinder Mahal trying to go after Randy Orton. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, I think, is probably their biggest heel. Because they I, just want Baron Corbin after that. Corbin, Dolph. So, yeah, Dolph, I think, needs to get a big win here. Yeah. Because I would say Dolph there. right now is, like, kind of around Corbin's level in terms of the rankings of the heels. So. Maybe but, I would almost I would almost rank him beneath Corbin in a lot of ways because of just how poorly he's been booked. True. It's like yeah, maybe he's more of a dick, but can he beat anybody? <laughs> true. So a win <laughs> over Shinsuke would be a huge boost. Yeah, and it, it would I think it would definitely have to be like a dickish heel thing, like either you know, feet on the ropes or a dirty pin, like on the tights. Yeah. Like plus plus a little bit of other shit maybe, and that's fine. Nice little low blow, low blow yep. behind the ref's back, like. Exactly. Like, I, I'd fucking love it. Um, I think Ziggler needs to win this, and I think it'd be great. I think I think it'd be great even for Shinsuke too, because it's like he's over as fuck, and this would make people want to get him behind even even more. Because I think you would. This would have to then be a longer feud, and you would definitely have the payoff of eventually Nakamura kicking the shit out of Ziggler. And also, you would break the pressure of having him win all the time. Like it would just be like, oh. He's got a big loss out of his way. Let's do this. Right. I I think for both guys, actually, Ziggler should win. But they won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> they won't do it. They're just going to fucking let Nakamura win. Move on with life. They don't have the balls to let Ziggler win this match. <laughs> no, they do not. Uh... So then we have our main event of Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal for the championship. Oh, I think man. it's like the tag team championship. Like, I think there's a chance that Jinder takes it, but I I think it's sticking with Orton. Man, it's so weird because, like, 
I uh, I honestly thought there was like there's no way that Jinder's gonna win this match because uh, honestly he's not ready. Um, it seems like they're building out Rusev to be the next challenger. <laughs> How the fuck are they gonna do Rusev versus Jinder for the for the world title? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know just I didn't think it was gonna happen, but I've been looking at like. And, you know, and with the build, too, like, Ginger's been getting the better of Orton a lot, too. So, you know, Turnabout says that Orton will just win at the pay-per-view. But then there's been a lot of, like, do you pay attention to the betting odds at all? Yes, because they've been extremely accurate. Yeah. So, up until earlier today, they've been having Randy Orton as the pretty heavy favorite. Ginger Mahal is favorited to win the match now. Wow, I didn't notice the switch. Yeah. So... I don't know. They might be going completely gung-ho on Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if they actually gave Jinder Mahal the fucking WWE title? I mean, I like like I said, I thought there was a chance, but I did not think it would actually happen. I... I don't know. Like, they gave it the great Khali because it's like, I was about to say it's like they can't be that dumb, but then I can always find examples of how they are that dumb. So, I don't know. They might give it the fucking gender, but I just. I don't know. I don't see it. I, I, I think they're going to give it to. I think Orton's retaining. Because either Rusev has to go for that title or another title, and Kevin Owens is going to have the U.S. title, so. You need the face at some point. Yeah. I think I think Orton has to retain. There's no way. All right. What do you think? I think Orton retains. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, there was a chance for Ginger, <laughs> but I think Orton retains. Man, if we have to eat the fucking level of crow that uh, Grand Metalik had to eat on 205 Live, uh, I'm gonna be pretty sad about it. <laughs> uh, did you fucking see that debut? Yep. This is the guy who was the runner-up in the goddamn tournament. Uh, they were putting vignettes of him for a while, I remember, on 205 Live, weren't they? Yep. Hyping him's debut. And then they switched over to... Uh... Oh, who, who debuted after that? Uh... Tozawa? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So then he finally fucking debuts on 205 Live to no fanfare and just loses to Noemdar. Yep. <laughs> Clean. Because like, Noam Dar is dating Alicia Fox, so he has to win. No, no, no. He's dating Alicia Fox. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> Even if their gimmick is fucking ridiculous and they're getting split up and back together is stupid. Um, it's not quite as stupid, though, as... Uh, did you see Tom Phillips' reaction to that really, really bad Arya Davari? backstage promo he they were just laughing he came back and he was losing his shit saying did you see it go poof (laughs) oh my god like i feel like he was he was exacting he was acting exactly how vince wants everybody to act like he probably heard like vince laughing in his own ear and he was like oh shit i need to laugh ah did you see it go poof I think I it might have actually been a legit reaction. You think so? <laughs> maybe maybe his sensibilities just line up so perfectly with Vince. And that's why he has a job. It's just 
That's why he kept his job again. after the... the after, uh, yeah, after the mouth scenario? Yeah. Gosh, that was just ridiculous. Um, although, I, when we get into NXT, I was going to say that's still not the biggest commentary blunder yet of the week. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll go into that really quick because I'll jump back to 205 Live because I want to talk about Cedric Alexander. But in NXT, I have a really, really big uh, thing to point out for you. <coughs> what was that? Did you happen to pay attention to uh, McGinnis's commentary during the Ono and Almost match? There was a point during the match where he said, quote, it doesn't matter if he wins. Who was he talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) He said it doesn't matter if the guy wins a match. Then why are they fighting? (laughs) Oh, well, I'm turning off NXT now. Well, I, I mean, not, not that it was like, oh, well, fuck you, McGinnis, you ruined the match. That's, that's not my ultimate point. My ultimate point is that I think Nigel McGinnis has tipped his hand into a really large problem with WWE programming in general. And we've, we've talked about this a little bit yeah. before, I think, but there are so many matches where it doesn't fucking matter who wins. Because they're just putting matches on for matches' sake. Yeah, like, there's well, so many matches. Well, that's pretty that much just... what that entire NXT episode was. <laughs> like, those matches were all filler. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of just wrapping up for the pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, there's so many fucking matches that just sort of happen that have no bearing on, like, rankings for championships or, like, anything. Like, they just fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And it's nonsense. And I think that's part of why people disconnect and get bored with the product in general is because there's just, there's so little direction for a lot of, you know, because the problem with it is, a wrestling TV show is supposed to be majority wrestling, right? Yes. So if the wrestling, there's no fucking point to it, then why, like, why do I care about watching it? And if there's no fucking point for these guys to win the matches, then why do they care about winning it? Like, I don't know. They just, they somehow don't understand that, like, <laughs> they don't understand how to create, uh, like, just desire and care in characters and narrative no because the characters don't care then why are we supposed to care like if they're actually the ones in the world and they don't care about them why are we supposed to care about this world that doesn't exist you know i, I completely agree with you like it's it's just it's the most basic sort of shit like can you all right can you imagine like all right so the next season of game of thrones they decide to take some lessons from wwe and <laughs> Uh, oh God! Jon Snow decides, uh, let's say, to like lead the armies of Winterfell to go fight um, some like house of. Oh, you know they're going to go fight the wildlings. Why? No reason. They're just going to go fight them. And it doesn't matter if they win or not. It doesn't matter if they win or not. They're just going to go fight them. Well, why is he doing that? Well, because he doesn't really care whether he wins or not. Because you know he he has no goals in life. You know, he's not trying to become the king. He's not trying to help his people. Like, he has no goals, so he's just going to fucking do shit. Um, all right. Why am I watching this show? I'm not. Click. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what they do with so many of these guys. They're just kind of here to fight, and they do, they have no reason for it. Like, um, let me see. What's what's an example? Well, you know what? Actually, I think one of my best examples would be at this point. 
for guys like Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan, why are they in WWE? Like, why are their characters in WWE? There's no reason. Yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just fucking, I don't know. They I'm apparently want to take over the world, so I don't know why you start in WWE. <laughs> so they came to WWE. I don't know. Like, it's, it's fucking weird shit. Um, but to jump back over to maybe some not weird shit. I remember we, a while ago we were uh, debating a little bit about who, like, if Neville were to retain the title in his feud with Austin Aries, then who should step up to fight him? And we didn't really have a good option, right? Ah, uh, yes. I think Cedric Alexander is your guy. Absolutely. Because he's coming back next week off of injury, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have him come in. You can have him do, like, a quick little feud with Noam Dar just to, like, you know, get it out of the way, get the ring rust out, you know, get him a couple of wins on TV, and then go after Neville. And he's fresh, so... Mm-hmm. And you can have, like... Because I, I think if if, guy, if guys come back from injury right, that's a huge boost of momentum. Or they can do it wrong, like Seth Rollins. <laughs> or they can fucking have him come back as a heel when they're supposed to be a baby face. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That shit was hilarious. So yeah, uh, if that's their plan, then I can absolutely see Neville retaining. Yeah, yeah. so I, at, 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 in this point in my head, that's the optimal booking. That's what I would do. Have have Cedric Alexander come in. Hmm. Um, but let's see. There wasn't really anything else from NXT I wanted to point out other than uh, us going over the pay-per-view. We're getting a street fight with Kira Dutawa and Brian Kendrick. Uh, next week, right? Yep. Uh, Drew Gulak attacked Mustafa Ali. Oh, and mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing is TJ Perkins is no longer TJ Perkins. He's just TJP. TJP. I don't know how many fucking times I heard that goddamn <laughs> phrase, but just all over Raw and 205 Live. Just TJP, TJP, TJP. <laughs> Did you know his name is TJP? <laughs> Was that you shooting him or you? Either one. <laughs> Either one. one. One of us has to go. All right. Well, you know what? Before you go, you should watch uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago because I think it's going to be a pretty good show. Yeah, it is. Uh, we had a couple matches. Any highlights from uh, NXT itself? Uh, nothing else really other than... Uh, I think Cassiano looks a lot better with dark colors and vertical stripes rather Very than just a big white shirt. <laughs> That's so, one of my notes. Good job on fixing your outfit, Cassiano. Yep. And uh, I'm pretty excited with the announcement of the women's tournament for this yeah. summer. Uh, also, I think Hideo Tommy has been built right in this feud. Uh, yeah, he's looking good. Had a nice little attack there on Bobby Roode. Yeah. Um, so, do you think it's going to pay off for him at the pay per view though? As long as those fucking asshole fans don't chant CM Punk when he hits the GTS. Oh my gosh, do you think they're going to fucking ruin it for him? They probably are, right? Because they think they're, oh, it's CM Punk's move. No, fucker was doing it in Japan before but, CM Punk even started wrestling. But the crowds are usually a lot more respectful at in NXT. Like, if he were on Backlash and this match was happening, I could definitely see it happening. But I don't know, like, NXT, usually they're pretty good. Okay, I, I can see that. But then again, I don't know. Have we seen 
NXT in Chicago before. That's the problem. We haven't seen we've NXT. Seen there, so. Oh wait, we had NXT Brooklyn, right? So that's a smart, smart yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so all right. So then my point stays. So we haven't seen them in Chicago, but we've seen them in a lot Another of other s- smart cities. And yeah, yeah. I think people behave for the most part for NXT. Very true. You're right. I did not. I just automatically went to main roster stupid fans. But that is a good fucking point because it's like he does the GTS and it's Chicago, so I, I mean I think he has to hit the GTS. Oh, he, he has can't to. not hit the GTS. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he's still gonna lose, though. I think Bobby Roode's gonna retain. Well, that handles the main event for our predictions. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean honestly, I think that's the easiest one to predict. Oh yeah. Um, uh... Simply because, like, I don't think at this point with how fucking many times Hideo's been injured. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're never going to put a title on him. Yeah. I think they might put him up on the main roster. Like, why the fuck not? But I just, I think they'll keep him away from titles. Yeah, but I think he's going to get a probably a little long run in NXT right now just to see how he does. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, I think he could be down there for like another year or at least a couple months. So let's switch it up then. Let's go down the card then. Uh, Ooh, okay. And let's go to the women's match. Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross. I think Oscar retains. You do? Because I think Oscar needs to face Ember Moon in a rematch, and I think that mm-hmm. needs to be the title switch. I I would have agreed with you, but I I'm trying to remember. Do we know Ember Moon's timetable for when she's supposed to come back? I think it's by SummerSlam. Ooh, okay. So if if it's guaranteed to be that quick, then maybe Let I would me agree with you. But see if I can pull it up. But given that we're not quite sure, and actually I think this this might be a blessing in disguise because there's a huge opportunity here, and I think you give it to Nikki Cross. Have Nikki Cross pin Ruby Riot in the match so that you know Asuka's still unpinned, unbeaten. Um, so then Nikki Cross gets the title, and then I think maybe what you could do to kind of buy yourself some time is then, you know, so Asuka will immediately try to go for a rematch, and then Sanity beats down Asuka. Wow, Really? To take Asuka out for a little bit. Yeah. So then Nikki Cross holds on to the title for a little while. Ruby Riot would be the girl who challenges her in the meantime and then will lose. You know, to keep building up Nikki Cross. <coughs> Ember Moon comes back. Ember Moon can beat Nikki Cross and take the title. And then Asuka comes knocking. She wants the rematch. And then you have your rematch there of Ember and Asuka. Uh, so I came across, uh, according to a report, she's... Ember Moon is out four to five weeks. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So and I can I, totally I, see them. Yeah, I can I'm, totally see it. I'm I'm thinking Oscar retains and her and Ember have the rematch. I could totally see that. Although, do you think? Because I think a lot of this would have to be predicated on um, the idea of like how long is Oscar gonna stay in NXT? I don't think it's too much longer. You think they're going to maybe put her up on the main roster by, like, the end of the year? Yeah. Okay. Because I just don't... I think she's just going to run out of options in NXT. Right. That is the fucking problem. Because, yeah, if she stays in NXT, then she's just going to have to start fucking losing or get the title again. And then it's just too much of the same, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think at this point, because of the way that she's been booked and what her character is, they probably have to put her up on the main roster. So yeah, maybe she'll retain here so she can drop the Ember Moon and then she'll be bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know what? That'd be perfect if she just loses the one match and that's it. Yeah. Like, she's just gone after that. 
I completely agree. Uh, so next we have Authors of Pain versus DIY for the Tag Team Championships, and it's a ladder match. I think DIY gets the titles back. Really? Because mm-hmm. I just have this feeling Authors of Pain retain, and I think DIY might be out of NXT soon. Ooh. Because I, I think they have to stay in NXT for a little while, because I feel like the tag division in NXT needs to be rebuilt. Like, they're kind of strapped right now. They are. That's, like that's the only reason I, I think it may not happen. It's going to happen later rather than sooner. Right, so I think... I think DIY <laughs> winning right now uh, would would be the thing that you would need to do to be able to give this feud a little bit more legs. Because at this point, they really don't have anybody else to feud with. Like as far as somebody who's ready to be on a takeover for the tag team matches with like the quality of matches that NXT has been known for, especially with their tag division, <laughs> with yeah. like all the matches like American Alpha and then Revival and DIY and shit like. You can't just put on, like, Authors of Pain and Heavy Machinery. Like, that would be a travesty compared to what we've had. You know what I mean? Yeah, Heavy Machinery definitely needs to work a little bit more. Right. Like, those guys just aren't ready yet. And I think a couple of those other teams, like, maybe they just need a couple more months to kind of get ready. And, you know, I think Sanity will probably be one of those other ones that'll be ready to start coming at the bit. And -hmm. I think that'll be easier with DIY as the champions. They'll have a little more options. So that's that's kind of why I see DIY, and because too, like they can win here without pinning them. Yeah, like, true. You know, the ladder stipulation to, helps. Right, the ladder stipulation helps the loss. Yeah. So then I think eventually you probably have the authors of pain eventually come back and beat these guys and take the titles back and ultimately win this feud. But uh, for this Sunday, I see DIY getting the getting the belts. Now that you've put it that way, I, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go with DIY. But do you think WWE agrees? <laughs> we, we shall see. <clears throat> so then we have uh, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne for the UK Championship. Oh, you know where my you know where my guess is at. I, I think I'm going to agree with you, too. I think Pete Dunne takes it. Oh, Pete Dunne is taking this title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just built himself up so well with the UK Championship, and then still on those indie dates that he's getting, he's just killing it, so... It would be stupid not to put it on Pete Dunne right now. Not that Tyler Bates doing a bad job, just Pete Dunne is on another level. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be kind of like the the big event that would sort of help like bring a little life into that title and division. Uh-huh. You know, it's having like the big title switch. And then like really kind of getting into the meat of this feud, like really flush it out between Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates. Because, like, the, the part of the thing is that, uh, you know, the history of this feud right now is that Tyler Bate won at the Cruiserweight, or not the Cruiserweight, geez, the UK title uh, tournament. So at this point, Tyler Bate's won up. Mm-hmm. So Pete Dunn has to win this, right? Otherwise, the feud's kind of over, because otherwise he'd be 2-0. and Yeah. And Tyler Bate would definitely have to move on to somebody else. Absolutely. Because he's defended it against, I think, Trent Seven and Jack Gallagher in the meantime, correct? Mm-hmm. So this will be the third title defense, and it's been a little while, and Pete Dunne was like, you know, the guy he fought at the end. I think they have to put it on Pete Dunne. And I, I just always like starting a new show, 
with like they're starting to do these UK championship shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Having a, a guy as good as Pete Dunne with your championship will be a great help to getting that show kickstarted. Yep. So I'm I'm pretty excited because I think we're gonna see the coronation of Pete Dunne. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I really fucking hope he fucking bites the belt. Uh, and then to finish it off, we've got Roderick Strong versus Eric Young in a regular old singles match. Hmm. This one is actually really fucking tough to call just because there's been so little build. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just really fucking hard to say because it's like I just don't know what they're doing with either one of these guys right now. Yeah, it kind of seems like we want to be pushing both these guys. So we want to get them on the card. But we just don't know what to do with either of them, so we just put them together. I, I think at this point, because unless they have a different plan for one of these guys, so unless that's the plan, that they're probably just going to feud with each other. In that case, maybe does Roderick Strong have to like steal a win on Eric Young so then he gets mad and is like, all right, well, we're going to fucking come and kill you now. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that as well. Uh, I think, and I think it would help Roddy to get a win. Yeah, I think he kind of does need a win because you know he had that. It was a really great match, but he did lose to a Tommy. Mm-hmm. And if he loses here, and that's unless it's like a really spectacular loss, it's probably it's going to kind of hurt his momentum that he's been building off of those uh, segments. Yeah. So yeah, I think getting the win here, even if he gets his ass fucking handed to him right afterwards, if he wins, that's mm-hmm. still good. Yeah. Just like somehow takes care of Wolf and Dane, and then hits a an amazing backbreaker thing, and pins Eric right. Young. It'll be perfect. Yep. Although, so I was I was trying to think of like another. Um, I wanted to pitch you a slight idea because I was just thinking about it right now, as far as like sanity, uh-huh. and like where <coughs> the fuck sanity is gonna go at this point. Um, and I was wondering if uh, so this could work into kind of even the booking of this match is like so if roddy beats eric young this could maybe start a little bit of a feud within sanity of like maybe the other guys sort of circling eric young and like thinking that he's weak now and they might it's like hey if you lose too many more matches we might kind of overthrow you as the leader i i like it because i think sanity is getting too big for its own good Right, and I think I think to even fit in with its own gimmick of like how vicious and psychotic they're supposed to be, like if anybody in Sanity start losing too much, they just need to like get taken out. Mm-hmm. So like if Eric Young, even the leader, is starting to lose, then like maybe like Killian Dane takes over, mm-hmm. or you could even do something totally a little bit weirder and have like Nikki Cross take over, and have like Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf be like her minions and they kick out Eric Young. Yeah, that could be kind of interesting. I think it would be very, and it would keep sanity occupied while we have all their storylines going on. Yeah, and I think it would it would give a little bit more of a you know it it would help separate it a little bit from the Wyatt family because so far it's been <coughs> very very similar in certain ways. But like if they constantly are like taking out their own members from like shit, like because Wyatt didn't do that. Like those guys could lose and they stayed you know tight as glue until they just decided to break up for no reason. Uh-huh. But with sanity, if it's like this constant, like you have to win to stay in sort of thing, and you could even have like some other hosses, some little dudes from NXT, like come up from time to time, 
you know, to help fill up those ranks if you needed to, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But like kind of having this, uh, like just predator mentality. Yeah. To the group, I think it'd be kind of interesting. I think it'd be. It could and be it would really give it like a unique direction instead yeah. of it just being, "Hey, we're another heel group. <laughs> we're heels. Ah, <laughs> we just kill everybody." Right, because it's like they just because it's like authors of pain are also kind of that they're just big hosses that kill people, and they're led by like a weird old guy, you know. That's it's like just a slightly different shade of what sanity is. Because sanity has a chick, and they're they're all crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it would be a cool idea. Oh, definitely. Uh, all right. So I think that does it for this week. Yeah. Ooh, you know what? One last one last note. I had an idea. This is an idea I came up with actually earlier this week, and I wanted to run by you. As far as like, uh, do you remember we were ca- talking last week about like the World Wrestling Empire? Yeah. So this would be a way to set up the titles as far as a structure. And what you do is every single person can compete for only a couple of titles. You can compete for your local title. So like, if you're a United States wrestler, you can compete for the U.S. title. If you're from the U.K., you can go for the U.K. title etc etc make a couple other titles like that and that's the lowest tier so you can go for your local title or you can go for your weight class title and that's either heavyweight or cruiserweight and then there would be the intercontinental title which anybody could go for so like that would you know help filter out for like all those you know guys it's like one or two of them are from one country so they don't have enough people to fight over a title (laughs) (laughs) and just you know as like a mid-card sort of title so there'd be like the lowest title range or lowest level will be like your local title then there's the intercontinental title and then there's your weight class title like the world titles so it'd be the world heavyweight and world cruiserweight nice so then you know you just get rid of the stigma of being a cruiserweight and just being like hey whatever like you know i'm the same level as other guys it's just different weight class yeah just like the ufc right exactly treat it more like the ufc because i hate the fucking stigma of cruiserweight I mean, right now, the, the lowest weight class in UFC, flyweight, has the most mm-hmm. dominant champion. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, Conor McGregor's a flyweight? No, no. Uh, it's Demetrius Johnson. Oh, oh, is somebody else more uh, badass than the Irishman now? Well, in terms of, like, he has the most title defenses. So, before oh, him, okay. gotcha. I think it was either John Jones or Anderson Silva held the record for the most title defenses. And I think at his next defense, I think he'll break it. Well, so. you know who's not going to fucking break that record in WWE is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> With his fucking astounding lack of title defenses. I still I still maintain, dude, if anybody is forced to relinquish their title before Great Balls of Fire, WWE needs to eat a big fucking dick. Because <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> Ugh. I hate this shit. Although, right. interesting little fact to point out as a last little thing before we sign off. Uh, did you know that nobody has gotten a rematch for the Universal title after they've lost it? Yeah, because it was Fat Balor and then Owens, right? Yep. Nobody's ever gotten a rematch after they've lost the title. Oh, and then Goldberg. Duh. Yep. So maybe maybe that should be part of the new gimmick. If you lose, that's it. You don't get a rematch clause. There's a re- oh man, what if it was like not even just a no immediate rematch, but just no rematch ever? You yeah. can never compete. You have for the to wait un- until someone else again. wins it to go after it again. No, 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 never. 
If you lose it, that's it. Oh, dude, that would get boring so fast. <laughs> it would have to cycle through everybody on the roster. Heath Slater would have a championship run. He, yeah, they would fucking run out of people, so it's like, all right, well, I guess Heath Slater's going to have a three-year run with the Universal title. <laughs> he oh is gosh. longer than Bruno. Oh, my gosh. Fuck it. Let's book it. <laughs> That's better than Lesnar just having the title and doing nothing with it. <laughs> well, obviously this cold is giving me fever dreams of Heath Slater having the title. <laughs> Heath Slater for the three-year Universal title reign. Uh, so I think it's going to finally do it for us this week. Uh, yep. Please catch us on social media. Facebook, Super Smart Brothers. Twitter, at Smart Brothers. Super Smart Brothers at gmail.com. You can send us an email. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, and our original home of Podbean. Yep, thank you all for listening. Hopefully uh, Backlash in Chicago will be pretty decent shows. Um, what's, your, what's the one match you're looking forward to most for the weekend? Ooh. I'm liking Hideo and Bobby Roode. And Shinsuke and Dolph. Yeah, at this point, I don't. I've worked myself into a shoot here with Shinsuke and Dolph. Dolph <laughs> has to win. I'm gonna be sitting on pins and needles as I watch him lose. God damn it.